good to see you all, and welcome if you're joining us online. Um, I only have one announcement uh, to make today, um, and that is after this service, um, there are refreshments. And, and I was um, asking about the refreshments, and uh, somebody who was not part of the older generation, shall we say, insisted on taking me to the fridge and showing me the fantastic spread that's there waiting for us. So please do stay and enjoy the refreshments. But perhaps more importantly, if you're a Christian, think about the fantastic things that we have to look forward to. Think about what we really have to enjoy. Because that's better than cream cakes. It's better than good food. It's probably better that I stop talking about it because I could carry on for far too long. One of the great things that we have is a wonderful saviour. And isn't it so special if we can say he's mine? And that's what we're going to be doing in our first song as we sing, My Jesus my saviour. So let's stand when the music starts. will have spotted that um, our charity of the month um, is supporting uh, Corrie and Leah as they go into Christian work for a year. Um, Beck is also going to be doing a similar thing, but the church that she's going to will be covering her costs. So we're really excited to um, have you um, willing to do this, and we thought it would be a good chance for us to have you up the front and ask you some questions so people can understand a bit about what you're doing. So if you'd like to come up, that would be great. Now, as there's three of them, they're not going to be able to say everything that they'd like to say about everything they're doing, and I'm not going to be able to ask all the questions that I'd like to ask, but I'm sure you'll take the opportunity to ask them the things that I haven't asked them. So, 
starting off with you, Leah, um, what's your time as a ministry apprentice going to look like? What's your week's going to look like? Yeah, so Sundays will obviously be at church. Um, so we have a Monday morning service where I'm sure I'll be serving in many different capacities, including kids' work, just general teas and coffees and that sort of thing. Then we've been trialling an evening service this last semester, so that may be something that continues. And then also we do our student group Bible study in the evening, so I'll be supporting that work as well. Mondays is a staff team like meeting day and an admin day, so it'll be very much planning the week ahead and everything that's got to be planned and done. Tuesdays will be my Bible training day with the Equip course, so that'll be a lot of whole day of Bible, which will be fantastic. Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays are very much time that I can use as I would desire to, which will be mostly um, student discipleship, so doing Bible studies with students and that sort of thing, um, and then hopefully supporting the CU kind of indirectly through my church. And Saturdays will be my day off. So that's kind of what the week Oh, you do like. get a day off? Yeah, I do. Oh, that's fair, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> so it sounds like that you're going to be very busy. Is there any particular part of that that you're feeling really excited about? Is there something that you think, ah, oh, this is what I love to be involved in? Yeah, so I'm super excited to get really involved with the students um, and, again, indirectly supporting the CU that we have. Um, yeah. Brilliant. Well, Becky, moving on to you. I, I know your program's going to be uh, very similar to Leah's. Um, can you tell us a bit about the church in Bristol and what's, what's, what it's like and what's going on there? Yeah, so church I go to is Kensington Baptist Church. We're in inner city Bristol, a fairly large church with people from all different backgrounds, different countries. So it's quite um, a bit different to Forest Fold in many ways, but in many ways it's very similar. There's a similar sense of family, sense of love, um, sense of wanting to reach out to the community. Um, yeah, so it's a really great place to be. Now, I know you're planning on being involved in the kids and the youth work, so tell us a bit about that. Yeah, so at the moment we've got maybe 30 kids on a Sunday morning, maybe a bit more. Um, it's quite a, we don't get the same ones each week. Um, it's quite an exciting, quite a lively group. Um, and they've just had a kids' weekend away, which um, they really well enjoyed. And um, the youth group meet every Friday. And in the past year or so, there's been a bit of a scheme among some of the churches in Bristol where the youth groups from different churches gather together, and those are well enjoyed. I think I think they're similar to the YP conference we sometimes have down here on a smaller scale. And um, yes, yeah, so time of worship, encouraging each other. Right, moving on to Corey. So tell us, Corey, what do you? How do you hope to help the CU in uh, Surrey Uni as a relay worker? Yeah, so many of you probably already know that the CU stands for Christian Union, which is basically a group of students on campus with their aim to share the gospel with as many people as they can on campus. So what I'll be doing is equipping and encouraging them. Um, in their work, that looks like um, doing one-to-one evangelism, uh, Bible studies, group studies, and yeah, just basically helping with their mission week and working alongside the committee, um, which I've already done in year two of my uni experience, and it was it was really good. Yeah. So, how many students are in the CU at the moment? At sorry, I'd say we're quite we're like a middle size group of students compared to other CUs across the country. I'd say we're like a 70, 80. But, yeah, it dips in and out who comes to the meetings when. And um, depends yeah. on who turns up next year, doesn't it, as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. So if there was one thing that you wanted us to pray for for you as you're getting ready for this, what would that be? Um, I think, for me, it would be um, for God to give me strength. I know I can't do it in my own strength, um, especially in the run-up to going into it. At the moment, I'm on a very long nursing placement which is um quite tiring and in all the prep that uni requires it's um not uni um relay requires it's going to be quite a trying to build momentum getting there so yeah if you could pray for strength and wisdom in approaching relay and that my heart is ready for god's work great thanks becky can i ask you the same question um yeah i guess Overall, that Jesus would be glorified through this year, through everything that I do, and particularly that I'd have opportunities to be to feel like I'm being really useful and serving the church well. Yeah. And lastly, Leah. Yeah, very similarly to Corey. So strength and wisdom for each day, um, with a servant's heart and enthusiasm for when the students arrive. I'd say. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Well, thank you. We're going to pray now. So do take a seat and. Uh, 
So let's pray together. Father, as we come to you, we are glad that we come to the King of Kings, the one who is in on the throne, the one who is mighty, and yet the one who delights to work through us. Oh Lord, we pray that if we are your children, that you will give us a sense that you have prepared good works in advance for us to do. Oh Lord, we thank you for the gifts that you've given each one of us. And we pray that you will give us an eagerness to use our gifts for you. Oh Lord, we thank you that we're all different. We thank you that you've made us in such different ways. And Lord, we thank you that Corrie and Leah and Becky are looking forward to spending their full time serving you for a year. Lord, we ask that you will give them strength as they get ready. We pray especially that you will give them the discipline to spend time with you so that they are spiritually prepared for the work that they're about to do. Oh Lord, you know the pressures and the time and the tiredness um, as they've got so much to do before they, they start. And Lord, we pray that you'll give them strength and wisdom. And we pray, Lord, that you'll give them both the privilege of serving you and a, the privilege of, of a, a sense that you are working through them, a sense that you are using them. And we pray that with them, we will be able to see how your name has been glorified through the work that you have called them to do over these next 12 months. But Lord, we don't just pray that for ourselves. Lord, we are, we are so glad that your word is going out here and all over the world. We thank you that you promise that your word doesn't return to you empty. We thank you that you hear and answer prayer. And Lord, we pray for expectant hearts as we come to you. Amen. So we're going to sing again and we express our security, express the one we rely on as we, sit, as we stand and sing. We rest on thee, our shield and our defender.
So in a, a bit, John is going to be uh, teaching us from uh, Psalm 44, and that's the, the passage that we're going to be reading. Uh, the psalm splits in two halves, and I, I think you'll be able to spot where the, the split is. But there is also a bit in the psalm, and I'm sure you'll spot it, where you go, really? You shouldn't talk to God like that. See if you can spot it as we come through. So Psalm 44, which is on page 470 of the Church Bibles, reads like this. O God, we have heard with our ears, our fathers have told us, What deeds you performed in their days, in the days of old, you with your own hand drove out the nations, but them you planted. You afflicted the peoples, but them you set free. For not by their own sword did they win the land, nor did their own arm save them, but your right hand and your arm and the light of your face for you delighted in them. You are my king, O God. Ordain salvation for Jacob. Through you, we push down our foes. Through your name, we tread down those who rise up against us. For not in my bow do I trust, nor can my sword save me. But you have saved us from our foes and have put to shame those who hate us. In God, we have boasted continually. And we will give thanks to your name forever. But you have rejected and disgraced us. And have not gone out with our armies. You have made us turn back from the foe. And those who hate us have taken spoil. You have made us like sheep for the slaughter. And have scattered us among the nations. You have sold your people for a trifle, demanding no high price for them. You have made us the taunt of our neighbours, the derision and scorn of those around us. You have made us a byword among the nations, a laughing stock among the peoples. All day long my disgrace is before me, and shame has covered my face. At the sound of the taunter and reviler, at the sight of the enemy and the avenger, all this has come upon us, though we have not forgotten you, and we have not been false to your covenant. Our heart has not turned back, nor have our steps departed from your way. Yet you have broken us in the place of jackals, and covered us with the shadow of death. If we had forgotten the name of our God, or spread out our hands to a foreign God, Would not God discover this? For he knows the secrets of the heart. Yet for your sake we are killed all day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. Awake! Why are you sleeping, O Lord? Rouse yourself! Do not reject us forever. Why do you hide your face? Why do you forget our affliction and oppression? For our soul is bowed down to the dust. Our belly clings to the ground. Rise up, come to our help. Redeem us for the sake of your steadfast love. Let's pray again. Our Father, we thank you that we are called to come to you as children and even though you are in heaven and are mighty and holy and pure, and if you were to look on our sins, we would be unable to come to you. We are so glad that because Jesus died to pay the price for our sins, to take the punishment we deserve, we are allowed into the throne room of Almighty God. Father, we ask that our prayers will be honest with you. We have been reading of the disappointment of your people of old, and if we are honest, we are disappointed too. Oh Lord, we are so glad for the good things you give us. 
for the many things that we have to enjoy. But we're sad that your name is becoming less honoured in our country. We're sad that it's almost as if the way that people talk, there is no God. There is no thought of you in their minds and their hearts and their lives. And the voice of your people is weak. Oh Lord, we we pray for boldness. We pray for your Holy Spirit to come into our lives so that we love people enough to tell them about you. We pray that you will give us more confidence. For Lord, you, you have not changed from the God who blessed people like Whitfield, who preached to miners who were filthy from the pits. And your word had the effect that their faces were washed by their tears as they turned to God. We thank you that you're, you're the God who shut down the pubs in Wales because your spirit had worked in people's lives so there was not money to be made from drunkenness. Oh Lord, this is the history of our land and we look and we think about how things are now and we ask, Lord, that you will awake, that you will awake and bless your church so that we are more able to proclaim your great truth And we ask, Lord, that as there is so much hurt, there is so much pain, there is so much ruining of relationships as people become more and more self-focused, more and more isolated from each other, more and more confused about who they are and what they're doing. Oh, Lord, we beg that you will have mercy on our land. Oh Lord, it's easy for us to pray these these big prayers and and we ask, Lord, that that will be matched by our actions. Lord, we, we pray that as the lighthouse work goes on and as they look forward to the plans for the summer, oh Lord, the, there will be a real sense of purpose, a real sense of expectancy, a real sense that your word will do your good work in Alderbrook. And we pray, Lord, that lives will be changed and that people will come to know and love you. Oh, Lord, we thank you that we don't have to remember too far back to remind ourselves of how you have worked on camp. And, Lord, we pray that this will be another year marked out by your word coming in power and change his lives. And we pray the same for the YP holiday. Lord, we pray that you'll be preparing the hearts of people who go, that Christians will be encouraged to serve you wholeheartedly, that their life's direction will be turned more fully towards you. And we pray that those who don't know you will be spoken to by you in a way that they can't ignore and that you will turn them back to you. Oh Lord, we have prayed much about work amongst the young. Oh Lord, we pray that you will work amongst those of us who aren't young. Oh Lord, we, we thank you for the examples of those who are wholeheartedly serving you as they get older in life. And we pray that that will be something that all of us, as we become middle-aged and older than middle-aged, oh Lord, we pray that, that you will give us that same fire for you, that same 
understanding of how good and kind you are in saving us, in redeeming us, in giving us your work to do. And Lord, we ask that that will be how we see our lives. Oh Lord, we pray that we won't think of ourselves primarily as somebody who isn't yours would be described. We pray that we will think of ourselves as a child of God, a servant of God, who happens to be doing whatever we're doing. Oh Lord, we thank you that we have your word. We thank you for its raw honesty. We pray, Lord, that you'll help John as he opens that part of your word to us and we pray that you'll speak to our hearts. Amen. So in a minute, John's going to speak to us. uh, But before that, we're going to uh, sing again a, a hymn that was written at the time of revival and a hymn that has a wonderful prayer to it. So when the music starts, let's pray this together as we sing. Great and encouraging to hear those interviews, wasn't it, the, uh, that we heard earlier? And uh, as it happens, um, I, I received, oh, Esther and I received uh, an envelope from somebody who'd been on a scheme like this, um, and the envelope came this weekend. In fact, we opened it about two hours ago, and I'll just read part of it, which might be an encouragement to you that are beginning on this sort of endeavour, and to the rest of us in supporting you. I quote part of it. God has abundantly provided for me this year. It has also been humbling and wonderful to see how God has also provided for me in so many other ways than just practically. I have grown to see more the depths of his love and amazing grace, things that I pray will continue to be foundational for the rest of my life. It has been a joy to see students hear and respond to the gospel and I pray there will be much fruit on university campuses in Norfolk and Suffolk for many years to come. So, hopefully that's an encouragement to you and to us. What a good timing that's been to get that today. Well, we turn now to Psalm 44. It would be helpful if you have it open on your app or in your Bible. Psalm 44. I wonder how you feel as you look at uh, the gospel scene 
in the UK at the present time. As you look at the scene, are you encouraged at the level of spiritual interest in the nation, in our region, the area affecting you, in our town? How do you feel about it? Or at the state of the professing church, how the churches are going and prospering, how we're doing as a church, how some of the smaller churches are faring. I've been struck by Psalm 44 many times over the years, and I think it's a good psalm for the church in the UK at this current time. Uh, I read it again while I was away on holiday and I found it helpful. I know we need to be careful not to wrench it out of context. I don't think I am this evening. I think it's just got something to say to us. Uh, it's a guide for us as we think of the current scene around us. It has some connections with this morning, just the way that's happened really. You'll see that as we go on. I want to go through uh, the psalm just so that you you feel what the songwriter feels as he writes it and maybe it helps you. We're going to divide it into five parts but I've actually got six things to say because we're going to allow the psalm to spin us off into other Bible territory at the end. Gets us first to think about our history. It's mainly put as we, sometimes it goes I but it's more of a uh, a we psalm and uh, this is expressing how they feel at that stage and firstly we, we see our, our history he looks back at uh, the past and there's some great stuff there there's been advance there's been progress there's been victory as he looks back to the time of Joshua when the land was taken. We don't quite know when this psalm was written. Perhaps he's looking back to Solomon's time or some other time of the kings of great advance. And God was with them and he was powerfully at work. Verses 1 to 3. Oh God, we have heard with our ears, our fathers have told us what deeds you performed in their days, in the days of old. You with your own hand drove out the nations, but them you planted. You afflicted the peoples, but them you set free. For not by their own sword did they win the land, nor did their own arm save them. But your right hand and your arm and the light of your face, for you delighted in them. And we can look back at our history we can look back to the Acts of the Apostles and see the wonderful work of God and be encouraged. We can look back at our history, perhaps as a nation. There are a period, maybe you've heard of it, called the Great Awakening in the 1700s. Tony referred to it in prayer. There have been times of great revivals, as we call them. At one point, England was called the Land of the Book, It was a place which pioneered the sending out of missionaries. There were thousands flocking to churches. The churches were filled. There was a spiritual openness and eagerness. People were wanting to know. And in our church we've seen times of blessing. Uh, Maybe you look back to times of many baptisms. But for the writer of this psalm, it was in the past. I was going to call it our memories, but I can't actually call it our memories because the writer can't remember. It's history that's been passed on to him. That's the the sadness of it. We have heard. We've been told. It's history, but it's not now. We haven't seen it ourselves. It's not the current predicament. 
It's our history. And do you feel like that sometimes? Perhaps not totally, hopefully. We've been blessed here with baptisms, haven't we? This very, this very year, there's a spirit of unity amongst us. The interviews this evening have encouraged us of God's work in people's lives and them wanting to serve. I think the gospel situation in Sussex is in many ways one of the most encouraging uh, counties of the UK, I would have thought. Good books are produced. Services are online. God is at work. But not as obviously and not as widespreadly and not as powerfully as time sometimes in the past. So much of spiritual interest and advance seems to be history. Revival is back then and not now. It's over there in different places around the globe, we praise God, but it's not here. Schools get filled with pride assemblies rather than Christian assemblies. Bookshelves are full of Eastern religions and self-help books rather than books that will turn people to the living God of the Word. It's our history. He's starting to fill into the psalm. That's what he looks back on. It's just so interesting, so helpful the way this unfolds. It's good for us to go through, notice the different parts. Our confidence. Yet their confidence in God, despite the current difficulties, their, their confidence in God is not, it's not shaky. They, they still know where advance comes from. They know how the kingdom will Go forward, verses 4 to 8. You are my king, O God, ordained salvation for Jacob, that's for Israel. Through you we push down our foes, through your name we tread down those who rise up against us. For not in my bow do I trust, nor can my sword save me, but you have saved us from our foes and have put to shame those who hate us. In God we have boasted continually, and we will give thanks to your name forever. Not about to switch confidence to the latest uh, philosophy, or the latest technology, or, 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 or the weapons that he has. He will use his weapons, but he doesn't ultimately Trust in them, for not in my bow do I trust, nor can my sword save me, but you have saved us from our foes and have put to shame those who hate us. We still believe that God can work again, don't we? If God chose to, many would be stirred, wouldn't they? The gospel that turned the world upside down in those early centuries, can turn the world upside down again, can't it? At our elders' meeting, we have a, a verse or two uh, which uh, somebody contributes at the start to help us in our time of prayer. And uh, one of them this week was from Zechariah 4 and verse 6. Then he said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, nor by my power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. We're not going to change our belief in God's word. It's not going to all be about glitzy showbiz services. We're not going to replace things with the latest psychological techniques. And it's great if in the downs, in the difficulties... God preserves that faith and that confidence in him as king. And I've seen this, and you see this, confidence in God, despite difficult situations in going forward. We still say, don't we, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God to salvation. Romans 1, verse 16. And yet, he comes on to our sadness. Verse 
We have that confidence. But what's our current experience? Well, maybe, to some extent, it's sadness. It's disappointment. It's frustration. It's not, it's not the success that we love to see, long to see, hope to see. We're in a, a point of weakness as a Christian community and not strength. We're, we're under the cosh. We're sort of humbly marginal. We're, we're a laughing stock to some. We're considered an, an irrelevance to society sometimes. And maybe it feels like God is not with us. It feels like God is not at work. Notice how he sees God behind his sadness and he almost puts it at God's door. This is the way the psalm reads. His sadness in verses 9 to 16. But you have rejected and disgraced us and have not gone out with our armies. You have made us turn back from the foe and those who hate us have gotten spoil. You have made us like sheep for slaughter and have scattered us among the nations. You have sold your people for a trifle, demanding no high price for them. You have made us the taunt of our neighbours, the derision and scorn of those around us. You have made us a byword among the nations, a laughing stock among the peoples. All day long my disgrace is before me and shame has covered my face at the sound of the taunter and reviler at the sight of the enemy and the avenger. Well, we have to be careful, don't we? What we say, how we say it, our attitudes. We need to have a deep, right respect for a sovereign, loving, wise God. But but that's how it's put here in the psalm. I've only just read what's there. And we can can feel like that sometimes, can't we? I preached a whole year of sermons and no one was converted. We've run five Exploring Christianity courses and nobody seems yet to have come to the Lord through them. I've spoken to dozens of friends about my faith in Christ and they all currently seem unmoved. We have some big churches, some good churches, some Bible-based churches, and some of their leaders have been found behaving badly. We feel in a position of shame and weakness and derision. It seems, feels as though God is not going out with our armies. Sometimes, in some ways, we can relate to that. And it's a lament, isn't it? This psalm, at this point, there's a sense of anguish. I went to a, a, a sort of retreat conference for a, a, a day a, a couple of months ago um, and as part of it, three retired pastors spoke about some of the struggles of ministry. And what one of them, they were, all, they were all asked to just to say one particular aspect at one point and one of them struck me, it was actually Andrew Corns who said it, but it, it, it was very thought-provoking. He, he said, I really feel for younger Christian workers... He said, it seems to me so much harder and rarer to see conversions these days than when I was a young Christian. And maybe it feels like that to some degree. Our sadness. It's a mixed scene. We want to praise God for much encouragement. But I think we're sort of We're oblivious if we don't feel something of this psalm about the scene around us. We're oblivious or unconcerned. And uh, we carry on then, and you see this, our loyalty. It's a bit different in the psalm. This might be a bit surprising. 17 to 22. Uh, This is surprising, I think, because the normal pattern in in the Old Testament, you probably know this, is that the people of God are unfaithful 
and God withdraws his blessing. But here it has a different feel to it. They're really saying they they have been faithful. They're, they're re- remaining faithful. They're being loyal. They're weak, but they're still loyal to the Lord. Verse 17. All this has come upon us, though we have not forgotten you, and we have not been false to your covenant. Our heart has not turned back, nor have our steps departed from your way. Yet you have broken us in the place of jackals. You have covered us with the shadow of death. If we had forgotten the name of our God, or spread out our hands to a foreign God, would not God discover this? For he knows the secrets of the heart. Yet for your sake we are killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. Loyalty despite weakness and suffering and slaughter. I don't suppose he's speaking for all the people of God because you can't think of many times in the Old Testament where that was true of so many. But there's obviously a significant group here who are remaining faithful. When I read this, it sent me off to a book where I'd seen this phrase quoted, but we have not forgotten you. And um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tremendous book called Through the Gates of Splendour. Partly a link with this and with those uh, heading off on their sort of service years that we sang the second hymn in rest... I uh, um, can't remember where it goes, but we rest on the... Uh, Through the Gates of Splendour is a book you may have heard of. It's about five missionaries who went to reach Indians uh, in the middle of the last century and um, they lost their lives very soon after trying to reach uh, these Orca Indians in South America. And uh, there's a chapter in the book called Yet We Have Not Forgotten Thee. It's written by Elizabeth Elliot, who's one of the, the wives who lost her husband. Um, it's very moving. She talks about two days after they realised that their husbands had been killed um, in seeking to reach the Indians. By They'd been killed by the Indians. It says, In the kitchen we sat quietly as the reports were finished, uh, fingering the watches and wedding rings that had been brought back, trying for the hundredth time to picture the scene, which of the men watched the others fall, Which of them had time to think of his wife and children? Had one been covering the others in the treehouse and come down and attempt to save them? Had they suffered long? The answers to these questions remained a mystery. This much we knew. Whosoever shall lose his life for my sake and the Gospels, the same shall save it. There was no question as to the present state of our loved ones. They were with Christ. And once more... Ancient words from the book of books came to mind. She quotes Psalm 44. It's in the AV. All this has come upon us, yet we have not forgotten thee. Our heart is not turned back, neither have our steps declined from thy way, though thou hast sore broken us in the place of dragons and covered us with the shadow of of death. Amazing example of loyalty and faithfulness in the, in the, in the jaws of tremendous personal loss and tragedy. She says, her chapter having, yet we have not forgotten you. And uh, they can honestly say that despite their low plight, they're still committed to God. They're not heading off elsewhere. They're looking to serve him. And that's a great thing to be able to say in a time of low ebb. When you are in a struggling and discouraging situations. And some people can speak along these lines. They're in suffering. They're in difficulty. 
There's limitation, there's discouragement, there maybe there's even bewilderment, but they're saying, I'm still going to be faithful to the Lord. I've been impressed a number of times over years in some situations, church situations, which were struggling, where the people have been prayerful and they'd taken initiative and they kept at it and they persevered. And yet there still wasn't at this point much to encourage them or or just a sprinkling. And they've been faithful and they've been loyal and it's like the people of this psalm. And, And it's the right way to be, whatever the situation, to be loyal to the Lord who is the Lord. Romans, we come on to, uses a verse from this section to demonstrate faithful Christians suffering and remaining faithful. So our history, your work in the past, our confidence, it was you who did it. Our sadness, it's not happening now. Our loyalty, we're still sold on serving you. We're still going to do what is right before you. We're not knocked by this. And then our plea, our plea. With all this background, we get to the final prayer the appeal, the urgent request. It should be leading us there. Uh, But it almost doesn't seem right. It seems out of place. Uh, Tony referred to that. It seems something cheeky about this psalm. But it's in God's word. This is how they pray to the Lord in the last few verses. Awake, why are you sleeping, O Lord? Rouse yourself, do not reject us forever. Why do you hide your face? Why do you forget our affliction and oppression? For our soul is bowed down to the dust. Our belly clings to the ground. Rise up, come to our help. Redeem us for the sake of your steadfast love. I nearly called this sermon, Wake Up, O Lord, but I couldn't bring myself, it just didn't feel right. So I went for a more sort of moderate, but still biblical, Rise Up, Lord. But it it would have been a, a fair title because it's in there. Wake Up, O Lord. Of course, God is never asleep. We celebrate the truth of the Psalm 121. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. But he feels the situation needs God's help and attention. Like a child at night in need of help, going to the parents' bedroom, trying to get help, protection, deliverance, wake up, help. And and that's where he goes. His, His disappointment is... Bewilderment is channeled into prayer. Is our sadness channeled into cynicism, despondency, or or is it channeled into prayer? Wake up, rise up, help us, Lord. I, I saw something, I don't think I've ever seen it before this afternoon on my walk. I was just going down Hoadley's Lane and, uh, I saw a wasp Attacking a moth. I've never seen this. I'll, I'll get a bit of information from our resident pest expert a bit later on about how often this happens. But there was a, a wasp attacking a moth on, on the Hoadley's Lane and it, it, it would sort of attack it and then it would fly off and it went back to this poor moth. I think it was a moth. And then it went off and back again and sort of wrestling with it and back again and back again. I thought, you mean thing. I thought, well, what can I do? I wasn't going to pick up the, the wasp with my hand. I, I didn't think that was good, so I just leant down, gave a, a hearty blow and split them up. That's all it took. And it's as if our struggles and our situation, which seems so beyond us, and if the Lord chose to blow, we, we, we sang, didn't we? Oh, breath of God comes sweeping through us. If the Lord chose to, to blow in his power, his Holy Spirit was at work, there would be such a change. And so that's what we pray for, don't we? Wake up, Lord. Rise up. Work. Convert. Build. Give success. Advance. Is that what we want? 
as we see our current plight. You used to pray for revival. But do we pray for revival now? I want to pray these words, or maybe a modified version of it. Awake, O Lord, it needs your power. Be our help. A good theme for personal prayer. A good theme for prayer together. That's why the home groups this week are going to pick a, a similar psalm, Psalm 80, and look at it with a bit of time at the end to pray together for God's reviving work. We got to the end of the psalm, but I said we're going to spin off to the New Testament. As I was thinking this week, I was thinking, am I looking at this psalm through New Testament eyes? I wanted to. I don't want to just be locked in Old Testament times. And the New Testament does quote this psalm. You have suffering believers threatened with death in Romans 8. And Paul quotes this psalm in verse 36. As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sleep to sheep to be slaughtered. To God's weak people, suffering, seeming nothing, seeming expendable, irrelevant in society's eyes, quoting this psalm as he talks to them. And what does this, in Romans 8, what does it sit within? It sits within Romans 8, which are verses about the everlasting plan of God. God's plan. For we know that all things work together for them that love God to those who are called according to his purpose. The golden chain of salvation for whom he foreknew, he did predestine. And those he predestined, he called. Those he called, he justified. Those he justified, he glorified. The unbreakable love of Christ, as it finishes, that nothing shall separate us from the love of Christ. So we do long for better days in the UK at this time. We do lament the situation. Hopefully we pray with confidence to the situation, but we need to keep in mind there is a bigger plan and it will be worked out. Somebody told me of a, an illustration given by John Edison. He was a, a, somebody who taught children many years ago. He was a Cobra man, actually. And the illustration, as it was passed on to me, was something like this. It was to do with York Minster and somebody going there, perhaps uh, one of the officials in, um, in the diocese at York. And he went up to York Minster on a very foggy day. So he couldn't see very far, you know, I don't know how far he could see, say 10 metres for the sake of it. You know, it's light when you just can't see much around. It's gloomy, it's different, it's difficult. And, uh, and then he, he walked through the fog into the, the, the cathedral at York Minster. And as he went in, went into that, it was a blaze, shining light. Because it was a tall building, the fog was limited at its height, the sun was shining down through the higher windows, and it was all beautifully clear inside. And it's a little bit like that as we think of Romans 8 in our current scene. Maybe it's foggy, maybe it's dreary, maybe it's hard, maybe it's mysterious. But as we are taken by this psalm into Romans 8 and God's wonderful plan of salvation, which is secure, which is his happening, then we can find ourselves instead in the blaze of the glory of God's wonderful plan of salvation. I didn't give you the heading, did I? Our consolation is where we end up. Done it in yellow because it's a bit brighter than perhaps the rest. Remember God's overall plan as you plead with him for his work in this current climate and situation. Let's sing our last song, which is a restoration um, song. Restore, O Lord, the honour of your name. Oh, oh, oh.
O Lord, we come to you as our King. We praise you for the great works you have done through history in this country, in this area, in our church, in our lives and the lives of many around us. We praise you for works of grace and power. But we do not seem to see them today as at other days. And that saddens us. And some of our efforts seem to have, on the surface of it, so little return, at least in the short term. And that discourages us. And there are people we love around who we would love to see responsive to the gospel and as yet they are not as responsive as we would like them to be. But our confidence is in your word. We know that there's no other way to salvation but through Jesus. And we know, Lord, that if you should breathe your Spirit's power into situation, then the enemy would be blown away and there would be a dance and freedom and progress. And we pray, Lord, that you would arise, that you would... Our dismal situation would receive your attention, that you would be gracious, that you would especially hear the prayers of places which are struggling maybe more than we are. You would hear the prayers of many uh, months and years and perhaps decades. There might be a time when your name is more glorified around And yet in all this, we rest in that overall plan. We feel the beam of light of Romans 8 coming into our situation and knowing that you are working your purpose out. And we praise you for that, O Sovereign Lord. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.